Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 157 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. He's Justin in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Uh, Justin, good weekend for the Jays. Uh, the Yankees lost, Tampa lost, uh, and we won. So that's good, right? That is always good. <laughs> Anytime that's... you can say Yankee, die Yankees lose, it's a good weekend. That's right. Uh, and if you like celebrating good vibes with us, you can check us out at BFMD Podcast. We're on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. Uh, I'm in the mood to just get right into the business. So, Justin Anderson, let's talk about those standings. Yeah. Well, well again, we'll start the National League uh, this week uh, or this episode. At time of recording, St. Louis and San Diego are currently still playing, so those standings are going to change. But, of course, the Dodgers are, have locked up wildcard one. They've already clinched, so we're just going to focus our efforts on wildcard two. As we stand right now, St. Louis has a two-and-a-half game lead on the Philadelphia Phillies. The Cardinals have won seven in a row. The Phillies are on a four-game streak, and they're both trying to put some distance between them and the other teams. The Phillies are still trying to catch up to Atlanta. They're only a game or so back in their division. Um yeah, San Diego's really just falling off a cliff, and the, and the Reds are starting to slow down as well, too. Both San Diego and Cincinnati are 3-7 and seven in their last 10. I need to really uh, put a stop to the losing streaks and get back to winning. Patrick, these are there's four teams there in that battle. Who's getting wildcard two in the National League? I mean, obviously, St. Louis has the inside track, but I would not throw any dirt on Philadelphia yet. Uh the other two are trending in the wrong direction. It was a bad weekend for San Diego and Cincinnati, and it looks like it's only going to get worse. Yeah, I'm not saying that they're those two teams are DOA, but they're just not. They're having a hard time, and it, this <laughs> has been stretched out over. Both of them have been three and seven in their last ten. That's not the direction you want to go in, especially when no, St. Sir. Louis is coming on. They've won seven in a row, and they're about to win their eighth. And they are being uh, led in large part by Canadian uh, Tyler O'Neill right now, who's having a great season in St. Louis. He may receive some down ballot uh, MVP votes in the National League this year, Patrick Marsh. Yeah, you love to see it, especially when it's a Canadian boy. Yes, um, sir. I think with Philadelphia, it's kind of interesting because uh, they're trending in the right direction, but they were they're still five and five in their last ten, despite winning four games in a row. Yeah. Um, they're not completely out of the question when it comes to the division. Atlanta are 76 and 70, so obviously they have the two games in hand. Uh, you got to win them, though, for those games to mean anything. Otherwise, it's a tie. So uh, it should be very interesting to see what happens down the stretch. Uh, I did see a, a very interesting clip of Manny Machado and <laughs> Tatis. Uh, Fernando Tatis uh, screaming at one another. Uh, it was very interesting. If you read between the lines, though, it was not a negative. It was a Machado just kind of telling Tatis, look, you're the best hitter on the team. You're also the guy that, you know, um, you're the leader on this team and all this stuff. You got to yeah. act like it and all that stuff. So, like, hopefully that kind of helps you know put them in the right direction but it looks like it might be too little too late uh or they just yeah i don't know what they're gonna do because if they lose this game against st louis they're three and a half back yeah one thing that i do want to quickly mention uh, bryce harper is hitting 458 in the past seven games and 370 in his last 30 like the dude is playing possessed right now 
Um, he's only yep. 28. I always think that Harper is like 32 or something already, but yeah, no. he's still young. Um, it's it's uh, it's gonna be tough to write off those Phillies. I just do think that they are going to maybe even catch Atlanta because Atlanta's playing the the Giants today. So I mean, they're in tough against that first place team in the league right now. So I uh, would not be surprised yeah. if Bryce Harper wins the MVP in the National League. He his, very well could. His, yeah. he's ha- his, he has the highest OPS in all of baseball right now. Bruce at, Hooper. Uh, 1.056. Yeah. Um, just an absolute beast after uh, not a great season last year or the year before in Philadelphia. Like, we saw his stats decline uh, over the last three seasons. Granted, one of them yeah. was the 60-game season last year. Um, he's back, though. <laughs> Totally, yeah. I, his RBIs are way down, but I think it's just because it's a different Philly team, yeah. and he's really carrying that team to victory right now. Like he is the sole thing, and I think is keeping them from being just like average. Yeah, for sure. But uh, as long as he's good, I think they have a chance. I feel bad for Cincinnati because, I mean, man, they there was one point there where they were competing with the Dodgers, and now they're just they've fallen apart at the worst possible time yep uh but let's look at the american league or we've shift our attentions to lead that more closely impacts the blue chase of course uh the red sox have won five in a row patrick including another win against baltimore today uh they're at 86 and 65 they are one game up on the blue jays uh the blue jays do have two games in hand over the red sox uh the blue jays yep. are at 84 and 65 they're tied in the loss column the jays are the jays and the red sox are both seven and three in their last ten of course, we as we've said it many times, they do not play each other again this year, so uh, it'll be difficult for the Blue Jays to catch Boston. A team that the Blue Jays do play, uh, they have three against the tw- or the Rays coming up, and then four against the Twins before they play the New York Yankees for three games next week, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. The Yankees are currently eighty-three and sixty-seven. They dropped their second straight game to Cleveland today. Uh, Garrett Cole got absolutely shelled. He gave up ten runs or seven runs on ten hits today, um, and the Yankees are a game and a half back of the Blue Jays. Now behind those teams, you have Oakland, who are two and a half back of the Jays right now. They're eighty-one and sixty-seven. They have two games in hand on the Yankees. I think they still have to play today. Uh, Seattle still has to play as well, or, or are in progress. One of the two. They're at seventy-nine and sixty-nine. They're four and a half back now. As we'll look at here, Patrick, the Seattle Mariners and Oakland Athletics play each other seven times over the course of the final two weeks. So we're going to be able to fade one of these teams right away, because, or maybe both of them, because if they split that series, uh, say four to three for one of those two teams, they're not going to gain any ground on anybody ahead of them, and they're just going to be beating up on each other. So yeah. it could turn into a three-horse race between the American League East teams here right away. But uh, what's your analysis on these standings? Uh, I mean, tough weekend for the Yankees. Uh, I don't feel bad for them. Uh, and neither should you out there, so don't. <laughs> uh, I think what's very interesting is that the path, uh, the path right now for the the Seattle Mariners is all but closed off. It's not; they're not completely out of it, but it's going to be extremely difficult for them to be able to uh, gain any ground uh, over Oakland unless they sweep that series and that's what it's coming down to is that uh we'll talk about the remaining games here in a second but uh i mean because the athletics have 
seven games left against the Mariners and six against the Astros. Their path is a lot more open because that means they have more control. Yeah. Uh, as of right now, Oakland are six games back of Houston, so those games against Houston are pretty key yeah. uh, to whether or not they're going to make the playoffs or not. It is feasible that Oakland could steal the division at the last minute and Houston get bounced out of the playoffs. That would be my favorite scenario. <laughs> but I don't know. Seattle's not going to go down without a fight. So even though it looks like those teams are closer, and I just said don't pour dirt on Cincinnati and San Diego for being two and a half back, Oakland's path might be a little bit more open, but also I think Seattle is, I mean, at this point. They're pretty much toast. They're pretty much toast, and you know they can play spoiler. Stealing games against Oakland is really going to cripple Oakland too. So it yeah. is turning into a three-horse race. And if we're being honest, the Yankees—they've been on the struggle bus for quite a while, and I just don't. I think they're running out of gas, and even when their ace can't bail them out of a losing streak, it's a really bad sign. <clears throat> uh, which, you know. I take a great amount of joy in, in saying that, but I would not declare the Yankees dead yet because we still have that three those three games at the end of September against them. And they're going to be big games. That might be a difference. That might be the deciding factor in who gets the wild card. It's hard to say. Let's For see sure. what happens against uh, the Rays here coming up. For sure, yeah. Well, we know the Blue Jays just won a 2-1 to series against the Twins. It was their seventh straight series win in a row. The last series they lost was when they gave up that inside the park home run to Detroit. Uh, three or three weeks ago by now, or three or four weeks ago at this point. Um, the games were were relatively good. Uh, Hanjin Ryu was not good on Friday. He actually went on the IL today with some neck tightness. So 10-day IL stint, which is either a uh, figure your shit out or maybe it's actually legit. We'll see. But he'll be able to do some work in the bullpen. Hopefully Pete Walker can get him sorted out. Uh, Steven Matz was relatively good yesterday, and Jose Barrios was great against his former team today. He was uh, six and two thirds. He did go up a solo home run in the seventh, and that ended his day. But overall, a great start for him. And outside of like kind of two rough ones, Patrick with the Blue Jays, he's had I think seven or eight really good to great starts with them now. So uh, are your are your I guess hesitations or doubts about Barrios? So let's put the rest at this point. Hmm. He's got the fifth best ERA in the American League, Patrick. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know how people can still be hesitant about this guy. Like he's a, he's been a workhorse for the last five years in the American League, and I don't understand Blue Jays fans. Are I know I'm trying psycho. to get to the I'm trying to get to the splits. Okay, so since joining the Jays, he's four and two with three point two one ERA. That's pretty good. That's very good. Uh, the strikeouts, I love it. It's good. Um. Yeah, I think we could probably close the book on doubts when it comes to Barrios. I, I would think, hope so. Um, he has been... I'm just trying to figure out the stats here as we go. Uh, he's hit a batter in yeah. each Manoa of his last one or, four starts. One or two batters every time he's out there. So that's Yeah, I know. I just don't <laughs> like... I don't know. I'm just not a fan yeah, but he also walks. Uh, he's just five and three since nine. joining the Jays. I apologize. Yeah, he's um, he's fine. I don't know why people are worried about the guy. No, I think and the, the even though the whip is slightly up from his time in Minnesota, eh? I mean, we the quality competition is probably higher. Yep. Um, 
in fact i'd say almost definitely uh it feels like he's given up more home runs than he has but seven Mm. home runs in 10 games isn't really that bad that's below league average so yeah he's basically at his lowest of his career almost in terms of home runs per nine only his 2017 season was better yeah i like his stuff i think he has yeah like uh he's got such good off-speed stuff and it's really frustrating yeah like if you're uh, a batter to have i don't know to try to be able to hit that kind of junk um really just impressed with his off-speed stuff i think i yeah i think he's i think you're i think he's probably fine he'll pencil in (laughs) as our second yes or no uh Second. well i guess it'll be robbie ray and then game one of the al it'll probably be Burrios, honestly DS. if if the jays yeah. make it to that ds in game one if we get there yeah i would i think it, I, would, I, would, I would think it would, would be that it'd be Burrios, manoa and ryu or mats i guess no i think it'd be Burrios, manoa mats and then uh robbie ryu ray for again. game ryu for game four here's a question for you if if hunjin ryu doesn't bounce back in he'll probably get one more chance as a starter in the regular season here does he get left off the playoff roster no but he won't start interesting yeah he's too good a pitcher even in limited innings why why would you take away yeah uh a useful weapon like that it's not like the mark burley 2015 where he just was completely out of gas um it was this is a situation where a good pitcher is having a bad year uh he if i recall correctly he's been on the il more than once this is the second time yep uh and it's pretty clear yeah guys are seeing his off-speed stuff really well he's isn't he's, locating at all that's his that's yeah his the location's just not there uh, the stuff's not that great uh the velocity is fine um maybe he's just gassed yeah i mean well, he's getting up there in age it's that it, you see a decline with older pitchers and it sometimes happens rapidly for sure yeah i mean i don't know if that's it but uh, i don't know what it was is. uh Sacedo was recalled just in Ryu's spot so they didn't recall a starter um so ross stripling thomas hatch could be options for that wednesday start in tampa bay we don't know who's going to start there yet we'll talk about that a little bit here um just for I guess, argument's sake, the, the Jays do have these three against Tampa. They're seven and a half games back of the division. We were talking before the episode. There's really no chance the Jays catch the Rays unless one team wins every game and another team loses every game. Um, so we're not going to worry about the division. But three against Tampa, that's going to be a test, especially at the Trop, the house of horrors for the Blue Jays. be nice to win two to three there after taking two to three last week from Tampa. Then they go to Minneapolis uh, to Target Field to play the Twins for four games before coming back to Rogers Center for the final homestand against the Yankees and the Orioles. Yep. It's not an easy schedule. You've got six games against your division rival, uh, Rays and Yankees, who are in contention. Obviously, the Rays are going to make the playoffs, and the Yankees are trying to. Then the Twins and Orioles are far from the playoffs. But the Twins, as we've seen, like they're, they're second in the American League in home runs. Offense isn't really their problem. It's their pitching staff. Pitching is worst, um, is easily the worst in the American <laughs> League. Yeah, it's it's very bad. The the Yankees play the Rangers, the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, and the Rays. Not an easy schedule outside of the Rangers. Uh, and the Yankees just lost two or three to Cleveland, so they're having a rough battle against anybody right now. 
The Red Sox have an easier go. They play the Orioles for three. They have two versus the Mets, who are falling under the wild card standings in the National League. They're seven and a half back, or seven back, one of the two. Then they play the Yankees, which is a, a huge series for both of those teams and for the Blue Jays. It'd be nice to see a split there. Um, and then the Nationals have to close their season out. We've already talked about the Athletics and the Mariners, so really, Patrick, it's going to be tough to catch those Red Sox. Hey, they've got a pretty easy schedule unless unless the Yankees can somehow sweep Boston <laughs> uh, in that series that they those two teams play. You almost want Boston to just sweep it so that the Yankees are further back and the Jays can just uh, move ahead of them and not have to worry about them anymore. What do you think about that? Man, I don't know. Just looking at these remaining games, like I think we should just dispel this like this idea immediately of like there are no easy games. No, you got to play the games. You got to play the games and whether or not it's against the Rays or the Orioles or the Twins, whatever, you got to win them. Yep. The only way that we are going to secure our playoff spot at this point is by beating the teams that we are competing for a playoff spot. So I, I think the games against the Twins and the Orioles are are less valuable now because we have a bit of a cushion. Yeah. And the really high-value games are the ones against the Yankees. If we are going to do this and get into the wild-card game against Boston, uh, most likely Boston, mm-hmm. uh, those three against the Yankees, that's mission critical. Huge. Yeah. Yep. Uh, if we build up a padding to the point where we are more than three games up on them by the time we play them, which is mathematically possible, yep. um, the games actually would mean very little because the Yankees wouldn't be able to catch us even if they swept. I don't know if you, I would say very little. <laughs> it would still be they would mean less. Yeah, less, but still mean a lot. Um, still, we need to keep winning, and they need yeah, to keep losing in of order course, for us to do it. As we've continued to say, right, you control your own destiny as long as you win win most of your games. You win the games that that you play, and you don't have to worry about everything, everybody else's. As long as you keep winning, the worst you can do is not get any ground. So, 15-3 and three in September. I mean, of all <laughs> the teams right now, yeah. and the Jays are 7-1 and one on the road, and they're about to go on the road. I, I don't know, man. I don't think any team right now in any league is excited to play the Blue Jays because they're they're just so dominant. They won 18 of their last 22 games. They're yep. just, you don't want to play them. They're gearing up for the playoffs. And if we get in, I, I mean, even as the wild card in Boston, fuck yeah, that is a very weird-shaped stadium that would be a hitter's paradise. And... Uh, I don't know, with Boston pitching being significantly less valuable than ours and our yeah. hitters being that much hotter than Boston's, sign me up. Yep. Uh, let's get to a few a few tweets here. Uh, Caitlin McGrath tweets out, uh, Josh Johnson and Vlad Guerrero Jr. just exchanged jerseys and pleasantries behind home plate. Very nice. That was after Love today's it. game. Nice video of that. They signed each other's jerseys. Uh, Vlad Jr. said yesterday during the game that he and JD agreed to exchange jerseys today. Vlad said that Donaldson told him to stay focused and keep working hard this year. Vlad also said JD was a mentor to him when he was still in the Blue Jays organization. He did talk to with Hazel about that after the game and said that he used to take ground balls together in spring training uh, when Vladdy was still a third baseman and that JD used to give him tips and tricks there. So nice to see the veterans uh, still looking out for the old boy or for the for the young kids that they uh, used to mentor when they were with the Blue Jays. Um, 
Jose Barrios says he felt like he was back home in Puerto Rico today, playing a game with friends on both teams. That's from Keegan Matheson. That's pretty cool. It was nice to see when he walked off the mound, he uh, gave a little glove wave to the dugout, uh, to the Twins. He also did one to the home plate umpire, and then he tipped his cap for the crowd in Toronto again as they were giving him a nice ovation. Seems to really be enjoying pitching uh, in Rogers Center at the very least. Uh, he's given the, the crowd a couple of nice uh, cap tips his last few couple starts out, so nice to see him embracing the Jays fans and them embracing him. So um, I noticed you put something in here also from Caitlin McGrath at the Athletic, Patrick, that Charlie Montoyo has said that Ryu's start on Wednesday will likely be a bullpen day with Ryu on the IL. He listed Ross Stripling as the potential starter. Strips is not fully built up, so he'll likely be capped somewhere around four innings or so. So that goes right around what we were just thinking. So maybe something like a Stripling and Pearson through five to six innings. If you can get that from those two, that would be great. Yep. I think uh, just to go back to the Brios thing, ever yeah. since he's joined this team, doesn't it feel like he has just like sort of dissolved into the, the Jays uh, roster as far as like being <laughs> he, he a guy right that he thought was here all along. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He fits right in with all of our uh, awesome like Spanish players. Like they're just all like, I love watching how much fun they have in the dugout and they're always just joking around. But then you see them on the iPad talking about like at bats and it's like they're always talking baseball but having a good time doing it so it's 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 a, it's a know, good let's get a good culture in that dugout you know who's responsible for creating that culture and nobody's given him any credit for it charlie montoyo <laughs> that's right haters it's yep. charlie montoyo who has helped to shape this team into what it is as far as the culture uh in the dugout uh and in the clubhouse and He's the guy. This team is packed to the gills with some of the most incredible uh, Latin American talent that could be found uh, in the world today. And Charlie is fitting in great as the manager. I think he deserves way more credit than he's gotten this year. I understand he's made some questionable decisions. Yeah. All managers do. All managers make mistakes. Yeah, he's so. grown into the role still, but uh, they were showing some some um, stats comparing the 2021 team to the 2015 Blue Jays. Very similar offensive stats, only this year's team is three years younger in terms of average age. That's so like 26.7 compared to 29.9. So yeah. uh, a young team in a playoff race right now. And yeah, they're managed by a guy who used to mentor minor league players and manage them for about 20, 20 years. So... Uh, yeah, we've we've given Charlie a lot of shit on this podcast, and rightfully so in some situations. Blue Jay fans and other <laughs> publications and whatever have been on him all year, but that's just because the, the team's in a tight race, and the, we know those games all do matter. Um, let's look ahead, Patrick. It's going to be interesting tomorrow. Tampa Bay is calling up Shane Baz, one of their top-rated pitching prospects. And if you know anything about the Tampa Bay Rays, you know that their pitching projects are prospects when they get called up are always very good. Robbie Ray is going to go up against him. This is going to be fun. Now, Baz's season in AAA uh, for Tampa, he started 10 games this year. Uh, he was also started the year in, in AA. His AAA numbers, I'm just going to look at them for us here, Patrick. He struck out 12.5 per nine, walked just over two. Uh, the BABIP against him is only 239. He left 95.5% of runners on base. A 40% ground ball rate, a 176 ERA, uh, 299 xFIP. So definitely outperformed that a little bit. But for him, it's a 64 to 11 strikeouts to walk ratio in AAA. It was 49 to two strikeout to walk in AA. So this kid doesn't walk a lot of batters. He's got a a great fastball. Uh, 
a decent change, and he's got a slider and a curveball too. He's their third-ranked prospect, and he is 30, 63rd on Fangraphs list. Mm. Um, one of those uh, players that they got in the Chris Archer trade from the Pittsburgh Pirates, Patrick Marsh, that trade that just keeps on giving. Imagine getting Tyler Glasnow, Austin Meadows, and Shane Baz for Chris Archer. Imagine that. And then they have Chris Archer on their IL right now. I know, that makes my stomach (laughs) upset. Pirates absolutely fleeced. But yeah, Baz is going to be called up to make that start against Ray tomorrow. Um, (laughs) That's kind of like being fed to the Wolves. uh, To have to face the best hitting team in probably baseball. I don't know, man. This, This kid, don't sleep on him tomorrow. He could come in. No, 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 no. He's gonna throw some gas. It's a tough. It's a tough, but it just goes to show you the confidence that the Rays have in their young pitchers that they can say, "Hey, you just pitched. Uh, you just pitched about seventy, almost eighty innings in the minors this year. Come up and throw some meaningful September innings for us here in the big leagues. So, uh, a good opportunity for a twenty-two year twenty-two year old kid to make an impression with the big league club for sure. Yeah, I would still give the edge though to the Toronto hitters. They will be prepared for Baz tomorrow. Very well prepared. Montoyo is intimately familiar with the Rays system. Yeah. Uh, and I'm almost positive. Well, there is no trickery or anything as far as what he does. Uh, I I feel very confident to say that the, the Jays will be very prepared for Shane Baz tomorrow. That doesn't discount the fact that Baz will be prepared for them. Yep. Uh, Robbie Ray is the Cy Young front runner right now, regardless of what any Yankees fan would have you believe. Robbie Ray has better <laughs> stats in, under almost every metric that I could find before we started to record, especially after Cole's piss poor performance today, uh, which led directly to a key loss in their season. Uh, Robbie Ray, get it done. Go get paid my guy when the season is over. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Alec Manoa is going to go game two. He was great his last time out. Um, Also against the Rays, coincidentally, but yeah. he's going to face Drew Rasmussen, which is a fun name to say. I don't know why. I just like it. Stifled us last game. Yeah, he was good against the Blue Jays in the last game. Another tough game at Tropicana. It'll be interesting to see how Manoa does against that team for the second time in, in a week. And then Wednesday, as mentioned, it'll likely be Ross Stripling leading a bullpen day against uh, Michael Waka, who the Blue Jays did rough up last week in Rogers Center. So a very similar uh, matchup structure to to the last series against Tampa with both Ray and Manoa going for the Blue Jays and and, and Rasmussen and, and Waka getting starts for Tampa. It's going to be interesting to see how Robbie Ray and Shane Baz duel tomorrow. Both guys are probably going to strike out a ton of batters, so it'll be fun to see that. Um, anything to add on this Tampa series, Patrick? I'd say my final thoughts are I'm very interested to see what happens in the Wednesday game to see whether or not Strips does get the start. He'd only be an opener, though, because he's yeah. not... He's definitely not built up yet. Before innings max. Yeah, the couple say. starts that he had, or a couple appearances he's had since coming off the IL, he's kind had a rocky. bit of trouble. Um, but he is buddies with Michael Walker, so that's kind of fun. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess I think yeah, Walker came on, on his He had podcast, him on the, uh, on the bump podcast. So that's yeah, kind of, that's pretty sweet. It's kind of fun to see these two uh, facing off against one another. Michael Walker has not had a great season. Um, yeah. But, you know, the Rays, they need the innings. They need guys to go out there and overperform and... Uh, I'd say the my favorite matchup is the game there on Tuesday, uh, Manoa versus Rasmussen, just because Manoa has looked really good, uh, and Rasmussen stifled us last time, so that could be a fun little pitching duel. 
yeah, it's, it's uh, three Hopefully interesting it games anyway. for sure. Um, but we'll be back at the conclusion of that Tampa series. It's a nice afternoon game on Wednesday, so we'll be able to do a nice little Wednesday evening episode for everybody to tee up that weekend's four-game set with the Twins. But uh, for Patrick Marsh out in Halifax, it's Justin here in Saskatoon. Hope you enjoyed a nice weekend of Blue Jays baseball. We'll see you Wednesday.